Welcome to The Unicorn Entrepreneur, the podcast that teaches women entrepreneurs how to create a business that earns more money. I'm Felicia Allison Bunbury-Brown, attorney, wife, French bulldog mom, beach bum, and owner of a multiple six-figure business. And I'm excited to teach you how to become a unicorn entrepreneur. This podcast is for you if you have a business or want to start a business and want to learn the tricks and tools to get your first client, your first six figures, and so much more than that. If you want more money and more satisfaction, you're in the right place. Pull up your seat. Let's go get them, unicorns. Hey, guys. Hey. Welcome to my first podcast episode. I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. So I'm just going to jump right in and tell you guys a little bit about me, what this podcast is about, and then get into our juicy topic. Okay, so my name is Felicia Allison Benry Brown, and I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a child of God. I am a wife and a French bulldog owner and a lover of cupcakes and walks in the water. And pretty much I decided to start this podcast because this is one thing I know for sure. My relationship with God, books, listening to podcasts, and being in the orbit of the right mentors has transformed my life. And I'm living a life that I never thought was possible. And people have come up to me with respect to my business specifically, and they want to know how... I do it, what the secret sauce is. And I decided to give back. So much has been given to me by all of the books that's changed my lives, by people who have poured into me by way of podcasting, that I am going to give back and hopefully extend the same courtesy to somebody else. So that is my motivation. I want to be of service to you guys. I want to inform and teach on various topics. And today the topic, the topic is how to live a courageous, big, juicy life, how to take up space and through coaching, through interaction, through conversation and my own experience, it's very hard for women to take up space, to live bigly, to have the chutzpah the audacity to just, you know, go for it, to go for our dreams, to dream big, to go for the happy life, to go for the road less traveled. And I would like my life to be an example of that. And I would like that for you. I would like that for you. So let's dive in. Um, The podcast is going to be solo episodes as well as interviews per how I am inspired Basically, if I believe that I know of someone or my listeners know of someone that can really add to a topic, they will jump on. We will have a conversation. And, you know, if not, I will teach solo. Just just in case you were wondering, you know, the form of the podcast. Now, I already sort of uh, weaved this in the intro, but a unicorn entrepreneur, what is that? Again, there's multiple definitions of unicorn. And obviously there's a mythical horse-like animal that is obviously not real. And, you know, we see it all over in cartoons and in the media and et cetera. 
And there's also in Webster a definition, which is the definition I'm using, is a unicorn being something unusual, rare, and unique. Let's just stay there for a second. Unique, rare, and unusual in a good way. It's very unusual for people to be happy today. It's very unusual for women entrepreneur to be making a lot of money. Something rare, it's something unusual. And that is what it means to be a unicorn entrepreneur. You have to define that for yourself. Say it again. You have to define that for yourself as far as what is success for you. But this podcast and all of the things that all of my content serves to assist you in determining what that is and executing that vision. So whether your goal is to have a business just that allows you to make a little extra money every month and therefore take several vacations, therefore pay off your child's college education, that might be a big deal for you, you know, making an extra $30,000, $40,000 a year, okay? If your dream is to pay off your student loan and you have to make at least $200,000, $250,000 a year in order to do so, then you can start a business that serves that purpose and execute that. If your goal is to be the first millionaire in your family, then we can help you execute that as well. If your goal is to have a business but not be a slave to the business and not work in the business 24 hours, seven days a week, we can assist you with that. Okay, so to be a unicorn means to define what happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction is to you, to conceive it with specificity and to execute it no matter what obstacles come your way. And there will be obstacles, plenty. Okay, so that's what it means to be a unicorn entrepreneur. And that is what I am. And that is what you are or on the journey of being, if you're listening to this podcast. Now, historically speaking, human beings are accustomed to adversity, right? I was watching this show over the weekend, binge watching on Hulu called Alone. And the premise of this show is, I believe it's 10 contestants are chosen. They are survival experts and they are chosen to go to some remote place. I saw one and it was in the Arctic somewhere. And I saw one in South America, a season. And they get to bring 10 things to help them survive. And they're just left out in the wild. And it's very similar to what it must have been like for early humans, right? Before all of the comforts, technology and advancements that we get to enjoy. And this show was just so fascinating to me because it just so helped me to understand something that we all have heard, but I understand this on a deeper, deeper level. Historically speaking, humans are used to adversity. On the show alone, they would have to make their own shelter. They would have to cut trees, find bamboo, 
They'd have to spend all day in the sun or in the snow cutting the wood in a particular way and then finding moss and different leaves to insulate. They would have to fight and combat against pumas and foxes and bears and bugs of different sorts, spiders. So it was hard. Food was not an everyday thing. All of the contestants lost an extreme amount of weight. Um, In fact, sometimes they would have to be pulled from the show. The show periodically does uh, medical checks because their BMI was too low, their heart rate was too low, their body began to shut down. And this just reminded me, guys, that that is why our brain is the way it is. That's the way we think. We always think that something bad is going to happen or we gravitate towards negative thought patterns, right? Because that's what kept us alive as a species because there was always something trying to kill you. There were other tribes trying to kill you. There was always a disease or a bug. There was always a lack, scarcity, right? These people, the last season that I binge watched, this particular guy, and he ultimately, spoiler alert, won the season, I can't recall his name. He killed a large animal and he was eating it. You know, I thought, woo, because it was super hard for different contestants to actually kill a large animal. And the huge thing was food. It's hard to come by food. Most of the contestants are eating berries. They're eating different leaves and things of that sort. They're catching fish, but not every single day. And I was like, oh, wow, that's great. He's going to be cruising. Well, guys, he was eating the large animal and still losing weight and still becoming very, very skinny because his body didn't have all of the nutrients that it required. And it was just so fascinating. And I'm like, wow. Just surviving as a primitive human was a full-time job, and it was hard. And in order to survive, early humans, and there's research on this, guys, early humans, we had to always think something bad was going to happen. We had to always think that there was something going to jump out of the bush. We had to always think, is that poisonous? Is that going to kill us? And even though we're far removed from that our minds are still primitive. Our minds are still primitive. And why am I talking about this? What does this have to do with living bigly and being courageous? You might be thinking, well, everything leads back to the mind. So I looked at the definition of courage um, in Webster's Dictionary, and I am going to read that for you guys in a moment. But change can't happen in your life right? So you're living your life the way it is now. You have a business the way you have it now. And you're not sure why you're unhappy. You want to have a little bit more money so you can enjoy life a little bit more. You want money so that you're able to back the political candidates that you want to back. You want to have a little bit money so you can retire your parent or help take care of a sick relative. You want a little bit more money so you can spend time with your family. Time is our most precious and most valuable asset. It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or trillionaire, you cannot buy time back. So 
when you have more money, it affords you more time. And that time allows you to use this one life that we have to do whatever it is that you want to do. And no one can tell you what is more important than something else. That is something you have to define yourself. And I'm not going to tell you. I know for me, that is giving back to my community. I know for me, that's spending time with God. I know for me, that is spending time with those that I love. I know for me, that is being able to create content such as this that can hopefully change somebody's thinking, change their life. So money is important. Just in case you guys want to know why I'm always talking about money. Let's go ahead to the definition of courage. Because the definition of courage has a lot to do with what I'm talking about. Courage, mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Courage, mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. So unicorn friends, you're not going to have the courage to change your life until you have the courage, the grit, the chutzpah to change your mind. Whatever you think is what you create around you. Don't like your life. You don't like your weight. You don't like your relationship. You don't like your bank account. You have to change your mind. Let me give you an example of my own mind. So I am currently 34 years old and I live in Orlando, Florida. I'm newly married. I am an attorney. I own a virtual law firm, have since 2017, and started my firm with $1,000. Started my firm after a really bad breakup where the person I was going to marry and I went separate ways. And he was supposed to be the breadwinner while the business that he sort of pushed me to start so we can start a family, I built. And he was gone. I had quit my corporate job making very good money. Very good money, but not enough money. (laughs) Let me say that because I have a lot of student loans at the time. Very good money, but not enough money. I was still living paycheck to paycheck. All right. I still wasn't able to pay off my student loans. I still wasn't able to take vacations. I still wasn't able to buy a home, but it was very good money by anybody's standards. With the bills I had, not, not good enough. And so I had $1,000 to my name, had signed a lease to a new apartment that that particular person and I were supposed to move into when we were married, we're engaged. And it was a pricey apartment. And all I had is $1,000. My back was up against the wall. I started there, but I'm actually going to back up further and then come back there. So that happened when I was, mm, I'm 34 now, that happened maybe when I was 31, 30, 31 years old. And it was a rough situation, but that situation born or gave birth to this beautiful life I have now. So there's a happy ending. Prior to that, I was living in New York. I had graduated law school. At 25 years old, I was working as a public defender in Manhattan. I loved that job. That job paid me peanuts. And I had multiple six figures in student loans. And as you know, New York is extremely expensive. So I was still living 
very hand to mouth, but I did enjoy initially my work helping the underdog, which is what I always love to do. And from 25 to 28, I grew to be extremely unhappy at my job. I was good at my job. I tried a lot of cases. And as far as jury trials, I had never lost a jury trial, which is a big deal for a public defender. And from that standpoint, I was sharpening my knife. I was getting the experience I needed. But from the standpoint of the quality of my life, it was very poor. Not uh, So let me explain. So I had to commute like an hour and a half to work one way every day, okay? When you are an attorney and you are trying cases and this is emotionally taxing and mentally draining and you are still living paycheck to paycheck (laughs) and things are rough, they start you off with pretty like, I think like $50,000 in New York City as a public defender. Yes, you heard me right. And I had loans to pay. I had that New York City apartment. From a financial standpoint, I wasn't healthy, right? And I didn't know anything about finances at the time. From a relationship standpoint, it was the mid-20s, so in New York. (laughs) So, you know, dating, you know, things were like up, down, up, down. Not At that time, didn't have a steady relationship. Things weren't great. And... I went to law school. I worked very hard. I passed the bar and I had to have roommates. And so my living situation wasn't great. And I just found myself unhappy, but I told myself that this was normal because this is what I had seen almost everybody around me do. Um, No one was as far as in the field that I was in. And I can't say everybody. I just have to say a lot of people. So let me explain. Everybody at that particular office that was a guru or great or amazing who I would go into their office and just like really, really like want to be like a sponge. And, you know, you know, if I had stayed at that office, that could be me in 20 years, you know, top of my game. A lot of them were very unhappy and miserable people. And I saw that and it scared me. And my peers, a lot of them, not everybody, were very unhappy with the pay, with the amount of cases, with the level of stress. So it's high stress, low reward, right? You get paid in skills. So I knew this is not going to be my life. And I remember when I was telling people around me, because everyone's complaining, I was like, okay, I'm just going to look for a new job. Everyone looked at me like, it's crazy. Like, no one's hiring right now. It's horrible. Uh-huh. Everybody was in default mode. Everybody was in stinking thinking mode. And I had adopted that stinking thinking, that default, that, you know, who are you to want better mentality that I, everyone around me, or a lot of people around me had. Now, there were some people that were like independently wealthy, um, had come from big firms and were in a good financial situation, or, you know, their husband was a hedge fund man- manager. Those people were the people most more or less enjoyed the work. I'm talking about people that didn't, which was people I would just listen to and et cetera. You know, literally say, I'm an attorney. I went to school for seven years and I can't even afford to take up a vacation or I can't afford to, I don't know if I, if 
I got arrested, if I would be able to afford an attorney, et cetera, et cetera. So it, you know, unfortunately what that job taught me, or fortunately, excuse me, is that you need money. Now, you know, everybody doesn't have to necessarily be a millionaire if that's not what you want, but you need money in order to take care of yourself, in order to make sure that your well is full so that you can give to everybody else. And I just was around a lot of depleted wells. <laughs> and my well was very depleted because I was ambitious and wanted to try a lot of cases. And uh, as a result of that, like I would sometimes struggle with my weight. It would go up and down. The pain I would work out, but then, you know, stress, working a lot of hours, long commute. Sometimes it, I would be a little thicker in the middle than I wanted to. So I started to re listen to podcasts. And the first podcast I listened to was I listened to the Dave Ramsey show about finances. And I was able to take some of the things that he taught and get, I had no credit to get my credit into almost the 800s and learn budgeting and all of that, which made me have some control over my finances. From that podcast to other podcasts that I listened to, I was able to, something he said one day, which was to an attorney who called in, he said, you can't afford, okay, to work the public interest job. You have to work a big girl job. And it just, I thought he was basically talking to me. <laughs> and so I started giving, um, sending out applications. And within five weeks, I was working at another large corporation, not doing criminal defense. This time I was doing insurance defense. And I, my salary increased $35,000, which was a huge deal. So in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be happy now. <laughs> And because I needed to get a car to drive to that job in New York, you don't need a car if you live in the city. I really did not feel as if I got a raise. All the extra money sort of went to the car. And also my, I increased my commute from an hour and a half to about almost two hours each way. So four hours. But I was in the right direction. More money, more money. So I was able to save so I continue to read books and listen to podcasts. And ultimately, we'll talk about it later. A whole host of things happen. I picked everything up and I moved to Florida where my family was after my grandpa died, just to be closer to my family. And I had to take the bargain and I started a sales job. I got a boyfriend. We quickly fell in love. He was in sales. He convinced me to go into sales with him. And I ended up being amazing at sales. I was selling timeshare for a big company in Central Florida while I was waiting for my bar results to come in and my, you know, for me to be admitted. And I read all of the sales books and I ended up being extremely good at selling. I would sell $30,000 timeshare to somebody after a 90 minute presentation, almost every single shift sometimes. And I just wanted to give you guys that story. There's so much to that story, but why am I telling you that? Well, I'm telling you that is, that's a prime example of me being stuck, me having default thinking, me being in my primitive lizard brain, right? And I listen to the people around me, like, don't leave that good job, right? If I listen to the people around me, like, you're going to move to Florida, how about if you fail the bar? 
if I stayed in the default mode, I would not be where I am today, okay? Which is I work from home. I work three full-time days a week. I am able to design my schedule the way I want it, take the cases I want to take. And within the first year of my firm, October to October, I not only made multiple six figures in this firm, I took home a multiple six-figure salary. The first year was just six figures. Second year was multiple six-figure salary. I'm in my third year now. And it completely changed my life once I changed my thinking through listening to podcasts, through reading books, and through intentionally changing my thoughts, believing in myself, wanting something more. And what I noticed is when I would tell people I wanted something more, I would get backlash like, who are you to want something more? And I had to have courage and chutzpah, and I got that through listening to Dave Ramsey and lots of other podcasts, who said, you can do it. And hearing people that did it and saying, they did it, I can do it too. And you really, before I wanted to do my first podcast on courage, because you need courage, you need intentional thinking, you need grit and chutzpah if you are going to have the ability to listen to what I am saying, to listen to all the great podcasters out there and gurus and books are saying. And the only thing that's stopping you is your stinking thinking. You have to be open to learning. If you're listening to this podcast, you are. You have to be curious about other ideas that are not the ones you currently have. The current thought processes and thought patterns that you currently have is what has created the life that you are currently living. And if you want a different life, you are going to start to have to have different thought processes. Now, I'm going to tell you some things that work for me. I started to listen to podcasts every day in the areas that I am most weak. So if that's with your mental, this podcast is great as well as business. If it's financial, you may want to listen to someone such as Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, such as whomever with finances. If it's weight, there's a lot of weight loss Start listening to podcasts, start reading books, start listening to books, and start writing your thoughts down, okay? Another thing I did do is back then, I started to write very detailed thoughts about what I wanted and actually found an old list. And it was like, own my own law firm, make six figures, um, lose 20 pounds, fall in love. And actually everything I've had, has happened on that list. I've not gained the 20 pounds back, but <laughs> everything, but it didn't happen within 12 months. It happened like within four years, but everything happened and you want to write it down specifically, specifically. You want to write it down. So how I did it, I want to back up. Some of you might be working against yourself and saying, well, she's a lawyer. That's why she was so successful in business. I know so many lawyers and I now have a coaching business as well. It's doing very well. But I know so many lawyers who came up to me, who I befriended, who are not even making $5,000 or $1,000 a month. Their phone isn't ringing. 
solo lawyers. This is a field where people can be making no money or multi-million dollars. Not everyone does well. And I'll, I'll be honest, most women attorneys who are solo and women of color, they're not doing that great. The ones that I've met, they are a lot that are doing very well, multi-million dollars, et cetera. But those are the unicorns. <laughs> those are the unicorns by far. And just so you know, like the first month of my firm, well, first two weeks, I started October 17, 2017. I made $12,000 or $14,000 in two weeks. And I didn't even know if it was good or bad because I did not know anybody that owned their own firm. So I just assumed, thinking, thinking, it was bad. When I went to my CPA, he was telling me how great I had done. He wasn't a CPA then. I was uh, looking for CPAs. And that's the first time I knew I did well. That last quarter in 2017, I made more than I made the whole year working for somebody else. And from what I'm told by business coaches and other attorneys, as well as my CPA, that is not typical. Okay. And why was I able to do that? I believe that my thinking is not typical. And that's the part. That's the point of this particular episode. You can't have the same thinking if you want different results. And we've all heard that, but you have to know that in your bones and understand that there's some, we all have roadblocks and insecurities. I still have them, but you have to be aware of those bad boys and you have to cast them away. And the way in which you do it, I'm telling you, is start to marinate on new thoughts. How do you get new thoughts? Listening to podcasts, reading books. You can join a coaching program. It's something I started to do way after. First, I worked on my mind through podcasts, through books. And then way down the line, as, as my business was already very successful, that's when I started looking at online like coaching programs and stuff like that. And I've done a couple just to be very transparent. <laughs> okay. And you want to write down your goal. And how you write down your goal. Some people are not huge. Let me sit down and write in a journal. Listen, low-hanging fruit. You're going to hear me say this a lot. Low-hanging fruit is our friend. A lot of us have smartphones. If you have a note app or you want to purchase Evernote, just simply write it down there. You don't have to buy a particular notebook, you know, burn a candle and wake up at 5 a.m. You know, if that's your thing, I sometimes do that. Hey, but... We're just trying to get you to do it. So low-hanging fruit. If you're on the toilet, excuse my crassness, or in the car, or watching Netflix, you can pull your phone out five minutes, go into the notes, and title notes. You won't want to say start a business or make six figures. The title would be start a business or make six figures. Then you have to get specific. So for me, it was start a business. Now it's what area of law, which you guys don't know is that I had never practiced family divorce and now injury law in New York. So I was in a new state, didn't know anybody professionally here, not a single soul. And I had a thousand dollars to my name and I had to make money now. So I couldn't do any of those long game networking, SEO type stuff. I had to do the kinds of stuff that so I needed to pay my rent in two weeks and I was able to pay my rent in two weeks, put it like that. And I will be teaching on this podcast, the tools that I've used. Okay. And, and, and later on my, uh, my course that I'm launching in October. 
but I'll be teaching. So don't worry about, don't worry. But the first thing before you can even do that is you need to get your mind right. Okay. Some of that may mean getting away from negative people and, and dream snatchers. You're haters. <laughs> there are haters out here. So you may not want to tell those people you need to get with positive people. And I have a Facebook com community, the Unicorn Entrepreneur Facebook community. Go ahead. Go ahead. And you want to get into community however you can. At podcasts, Facebook groups, books. Okay? That's how you want to do it. Positive people who are telling you can do it and who've done it before, who can mentor you through where you want to go. I always say, don't take advice from somebody whose life does not look like how you want your life to look in that particular area. So for me, I was like a lot of you guys, I didn't have any, I, my grandma owned her own assistant living facility, but she did it like the super old school way. <laughs> She's 79 now. Okay. And she started like at 50 years old and just sold it a couple years ago. So I had some business people in my family but not necessarily like online, virtual business, digital marketing, that kind of thing. So what they, how they did it, the old school way, you know, wasn't how I, you know, did it. So I don't want to tell that lie, but I didn't have anyone around me with a successful virtual law firm. And when I came to Florida, I did not have, I'd never practiced family law. I never practiced divorce at all. Now I was a great or good, excellent trial attorney. And I had done criminal and I'd done DWI cases and I second set on uh, murder cases. And I had tried so many cases of workers' compensation trials and, and I was great at that. So I was a seasoned attorney, don't get that twisted. However, it was a new area of the law, new state, no network, very little money, $1,000, 500 of which, I know I'm speaking fast, I used to erect my site. <laughs> okay. Um, the site that's still up, even though I'm changing it, but anyhow, uh, that's the fab law firm for anybody who cares. So I had my back against the wall. I didn't have a house that I could take a HELOC. I didn't have wealthy parents that could write me a check. And I didn't have a husband at the time with a job that was going to feed me. It was me, myself, I, and God. <laughs> Though I have lots of family who does very well, including my mom and sisters and brothers, and I could have stayed with them or asked them for money, that's not my, my way, okay? So I don't want to get that twisted. But I was at a, a lease in my name. I had bills to pay, and I was a grown 30-year-old woman at the time, 30 or 31. And I had to make it happen, okay? And I didn't have the luxury of time. And I was able to do so by changing my thoughts. When I spoke to some people and I told them I'm going to leave my job making very good money at the time, they said, are you crazy? I had someone in my family told, tell me, I don't know why you would do that because if I wanted to get an attorney, I'd probably get a Jewish attorney. Okay. And if I touched and agreed with the fun snatchers, the dream snatchers, the haters, and you know, that person probably thought they were doing me a solid they didn't want to see me fail. And so they may not be coming from a negative place. So you have to get yourself around community. You have to start writing down your thoughts of how, what the dreams are, what you want it to look like. So I wrote down, okay, I was practical. I said, what area of the law can I get money in the door now? And I can help people. 
So family law was one. I didn't want to go back to criminal. And I did that. I started to look into what I call short-term marketing plan, meaning what's going to get my phone ringing today. And I invested in that, some of the other 500 I had left. And with my million-dollar sales process, my sales script, I didn't know it at the time. I, I wrote up a sales script. Between using that short-term marketing plan, sales script, grit, chutzpah, and the grace of God, I was able in two weeks to make $12,000. The next month, I made $24,000, so on and so forth, okay? That's why I call myself the Unicorn Entrepreneur, but I, it's not impossible. It's teachable. Anyone can do it. And that's the gift that this podcast is going to offer to you. And I'm just so, so, so very excited to be here with you guys, growing and learning and changing our lives. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, This episode was really meant to get to know each other and to introduce the concept of courage and taking up a lot of space. Now, I know I didn't touch a lot on taking up a lot of space. Taking up a lot of space means living out your dreams on your terms. So if you want to have Louis Vuitton bags, go on high-end vacations. If you want to take a lot of selfies, that is taking up a lot of space. If you want to walk in the room and say, hi, my name is blank and I dare to dream bigly, then you do that. You know, a lot of times women, we are taught to be small. We're taught to be successful, but not more successful than the man. We're taught to be passive. Now, I think it's beautiful to submit. I think marriage and love is beautiful. I'm married. Hey, babe. Hey, handsome, if you're listening. Um, but you have to dare, you have to have the chutzpah to, to live bigly, to be courageous, to take up a lot of space. That does not mean to be arrogant. That doesn't mean to be annoying. And that doesn't necessarily mean to be over the top if that's not your personality type. But that does mean that our time on this earth is finite. And you were born and given certain abilities And when you are no longer here, what do you want the story of your life to represent, right? And whatever those things are, you have to have the chutzpah, the courage, okay, to spend your life pursuing and conquering those things, okay? And I think we have a special responsibility, women, women of color, to be an example of pleasure, luxury, living bigly. That's not perfect. That's not without problems, okay? But we have a big responsibility to show our daughters that that's possible and to inspire the next generation. So I so enjoyed this talk, guys. So it's going to be every week, podcast episodes coming out. And I can't wait to speak to you guys next week. All right, let's go get them, unicorns. Want to be a part of a community of amazing women unicorns crushing it in life and business? Then head over to our private Facebook community, The Unicorn Entrepreneur. It's free and fabulous. The benefits are plentiful. Community of forward-thinking women, access to me. And if you're enjoying the conversations we're having here on the podcast, we continue some of those conversations and we deep dive. We look forward to serving you. Let's go get them, unicorns.